problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance on this Friday afternoon. I'm coming to you remote, so it doesn't sound the same, but uh, luckily I've got a fantastic uh, engineering team that's, that's always helping us sound our best or as best as they can make it because uh, they can only work with so much when you're working with me, right? So, But welcome to this Friday afternoon. We're so excited for our show today. Uh, and our gentleman today is a lifestyle entrepreneur, a life elevator, and coach to ambitious entrepreneurs and freedom seekers, helping people create incredibly impactful and profitable businesses. He's a best-selling author of Elevate Beyond and Elevate Your Network, a high-energy motivational speaker and the founder of the Professional Basketball Combine, which has helped more than 70 NBA draft prospects turn their dreams of playing pro basketball into their reality. He and his work have been featured on Forbes, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, and, of course, now the Work-Life Balance Show. So let's bring him on the show right now, Jake Kelper. How are you doing, Jake? What's going on, man? Appreciate that intro. Pumped to be here, and uh, have a great Friday afternoon with you. Oh, absolutely. Now, you, you came to us through, through a friend of the show, correct? Yeah, Mr. Allenstein, Jr., Alan Stein Jr. Alan, uh, I believe, is the one that got me onto my morning routine. He shared a couple of apps with us on the on the uh, show uh, that he uses to kind of get himself energized and pumped up. And uh, uh, I believe uh, I believe that was Alan. If not, we'll attribute it to him anyway. But we love Alan and, and thankful that uh, he uh, opened up his network to us and, and allow you to come forward. So, just really quickly, you know, tell the audience about why you even you know came out to start to speak, why you started to um, write the book itself, and then we'll get into the combine stuff. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, for me, I, I started my career right when I graduated college. I actually got a job working for the Los Angeles Lakers. And to put that in perspective, like I'm from Los Angeles, and that was like what I thought was a dream job, right? Kid from Los Angeles, sure. huge Laker fan, gets a job for the Lakers. And while I was there, I, uh, I had an experience. Um, then we could talk about that in a little bit, but I had an experience that kind of changed the way I viewed everything. And I knew that I wanted to help more people. I knew I didn't want to be uh, tied down by a organization. I wanted to be able to do something that didn't have a ceiling. I wanted to be able to impact as many people as possible. And so I started writing uh, my first book. And that first book ended up becoming uh, released on the day on the on the day Kobe retired. I released that first book, and uh, it everything happened from there. So it was kind of a serendipitous moment of transferring from the, the Lakers organization into the world of brand new on my own author and speaking. So that was that was a little bit of how we got started, and then I got tied back into basketball through the combine when we started that up the following year. So to walk me through this piece, there's a lot of people that listen to our show that aspire to write a book or, you know, really think that they have something to say. What are a couple of tips that you would give to yourself when you started that you kind of wish you would have done now? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when it comes to, to starting anything, I mean, this can be applied to, you know, starting the workout plan, starting an investment program with a new coach, could be with writing a book, whatever it may be, uh, starting a workout, starting a new habit, whatever. Um, you know, looking back on it, you know, one of the things that I think was beautiful is I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. Okay. And because of that, sometimes when you think you know what you're doing, you're prohibited to take action because you're not doing what you think you're supposed to be doing. And therefore you think you're doing it wrong. But the truth of the matter is if you have a message that's going to help somebody live a better life because of your words, it's your duty and obligation to share that. And so I think that's, that's one thing is that if you want to write a book, or if you want to start something for whatever purpose, it's to realize that if there's a reason inside you that is pushing you and driving you and calling you forward to step up, that's number one. Number two is when I was really starting to write the book, it's all about consistent action. At the end of the day, anything that we want to do, and I know you're aware of this, right? But it's all about taking consistent action. So for me, it was writing this book, but that was daunting to me. I was 23 years old at the time. I had never written a book. I had no idea what I was doing. So I had to break it down into actionable steps where I could accomplish things and keep moving forward to eventually get to my goal of releasing the book and becoming an Amazon bestseller. So 
So that, that was another big tip. And then the third tip is realizing that, um, and this is what my, my dad told me as I was writing this book, is realizing that sometimes we have a vision of, of what we think is going to happen because we want to start something new. But in reality, when we take action, great things may happen that we never even could have anticipated or expected. And that's actually what led me to becoming a speaker was because I had written the book, people then started asking me to speak. And at the time, I didn't even realize we could get paid to do that. And that started a whole nother adventure that uh, has taken me all over the world. So it's, it's, it's really incredible when you break it down into kind of wanting to start something new. Absolutely. And when you, did you go to the traditional publishing route or did you self-publish? So I self, I self-published both of my books. And that first one I did because I, uh, to be honest, I didn't know how to get it published. <laughs> and I also didn't want to wait around for a year or send a hundred different proposals. I wanted to just get the message out there and see what happened. And so that's why I self-published it. I did all the research and I, uh, and I got it out as quickly as possible. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, so the first, so you've written two books now, right? So you had Elevate Beyond, which was kind of your beginning intro to the world. And then you took it to Elevate Your Network. Is that correct? Yeah. So the first book was Elevate Beyond because at the time, what I was trying to do is help people like my brother who's three years younger than me, who's in college. I was trying to help him and all of the fraternity brothers on how they could stand out in the job market so that they'd have more time to do whatever they wanted to do in their college days, right? And then as I continued to have more and more success, as I started to combine and, and started to create different, uh, different businesses in multiple industries, I realized that the number one secret and number one reason I was being successful was hands down because of my relationships that I built. There was no other thing that, that, that I could attribute to more success than the relationships I made and the mentorships I had had and the people that I've been able to impact. And that led me to writing Elevate Your Network, which is all about how to build uh, extraordinary relationships in life and business. Yeah, we've recently uh, <clears throat> had Ivan Meisner on the show, who uh, founded B&I, um, which is Amazing. all about connection, connecting, and, and what an incredible organization he's built. Um, but it was fascinating, um, a, a couple of the tips that he shares, too, um, around connection and connecting. For instance, you know, don't have closed circles, where a lot of times when you're standing with two people or three people, you're, you're always facing in to, to face the person. But if you open your stance, it invites more to the circle, right? Things like that. Do you have a tip like that that you could share with the audience when it comes to like your, your high tips of, uh, in, in uh, elevating your network? Oh, man, there's so many, there's so many tips. And that, that's a great one right there that, that you just mentioned. Um, I'll, pick, I'll pick one right now that, that is kind of something that we, we may know, but we don't think about consciously. And that is you never know who you're talking to until you know who you're talking to. And Amen. when we are, and when we are on social media, and the reason I want to use this is because right now, as we're doing this, you know, social media is the form of connection. Um, there, there are no in-person events right now. And because of that, a lot of people are starting to view people and their success based off of the number of followers they have on social media, based on the number of connections they have. And we're starting to attribute somebody's success and self-worth based off that. Now, this has been going on for a while, but it's really, really been going crazy during the, during the COVID time. And so when I say you never know who you're talking to until you know who you're talking to, it's about making sure you ask the right questions. It's about getting to know somebody for the person, not just the following. It's getting to know someone for the person, not just by the color of their images, right? And this is something that's so important because people will surprise you. And it's not always the person that you're talking to that is the answer for you. It might be the person that they know and that they can introduce you that is the ultimate game changer. But if you're an asshole up front, that door is closed. But if you are treating people the right way, you're treating people with respect, you're, you're asking curious questions, you're, you're inquisitive, you are figuring out how to create value for them, even if they can't be of direct service to you immediately, that's how you're going to start to exponentially grow using the mentality you never know who you're talking to until you know. Absolutely. And so what's, what's funny about that, about social media, you know, we've got a social media company and, and the, the partner of mine that owns that talks about you know, when you do the introduction on LinkedIn or that kind of stuff, you don't just shout like, hey, this is what I'm selling. Hey, check this out, right? And which is how people introduce themselves on LinkedIn. There's got to be a warm transfer. 
there's got to be a connection point before you start to get to the sale. It's the process. But so many people are just like, you know, I, you don't know me, but bye. Right? <laughs> they're just shouting <laughs> yeah. from the rooftops and, and there's no connection there. So what what is a tip for, say, LinkedIn that, that has helped you in building really good connections that ultimately hopefully would lead to sales? Oh, there's, there's, there's a couple, but I'm, I'm going to, I want to take it kind of through a process here. So when yeah, we're, when we're reaching out on LinkedIn, right? Every there's, there's the click of a button that automatically sends a request. And then there's the add a note button when you're sending your first request. I am a huge, huge supporter and fan of making sure every request is personalized and customized. If you can't take the time to customize that message, then why should they take the time to reach out to you or buy from you? Why would they think that you're going right. to give them a hundred percent if you weren't willing to even customize their name or make your own message, right? So there's that on that one. On the other hand, it's when we start to when we start to like reach out, right? And we start to do this thing is to find a commonality, find something that bridges the gap, so you are able to immediately differentiate yourself from the million of other business owners, spammers, people that want you to buy their products because you're not going straight for hey, buy this from me. You're going straight to lowering the barrier and creating a connection that is more of a, um, a feeling connection than just a uh, social media connection. And that's a huge difference to start the relationship in terms of your potential prospect or potential partner. I love it. I love it. So, Jake, we're going to take our first break right here, and uh, we're going to be right back with Jake Kelper as we talk about connection and elevating your network. You're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. Are you aware that 80% of project management executives do not know how their projects align with their company's business strategy? Are you aware that businesses identified capturing time and costs against projects as their biggest project management challenge? Are you aware that 44% of project managers use no software, even though PricewaterhouseCoopers found that the use of commercially available project management software increases performance and satisfaction? Now, imagine that you could have the ease of entry like a spreadsheet and a software tool set up and running within two to four weeks. Imagine within two weeks being able to see clearly where all of your resource conflicts are. Well, you don't have to imagine because PDWare has already created it. PDWare can give you real-time access to KPIs, easily updated views of what your teams are working on, and immediate feedback to some of project management's toughest questions, like, when can we start this project? What happens if we delay this project? Can we do this in time? How does this new project impact our current portfolio? Find us at pdware.com and imagine not manually compiling endless reports again. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. Back to the Work-Life Balance on this Friday afternoon. We're visiting with Jake Kelfer, uh, who's written uh, uh, Elevate Your Network and Elevate Beyond. Both of, uh, both of those were Amazon bestsellers, am I correct? Yep. And so, Jake, we, we, we've mentioned it a couple of times, but we, you've talked about this combine. We, we talked about it also in, uh, in the introduction where you've helped, you know, over 70 NBA draft prospects. You know, there's a lot of people that have goals or dreams of, of being able to start something like that, where they're really impacting not only youth's lives, but, you know, helping people really reach the potential that they have the opportunity to do so. How did you build that, and, and how did you even 
think that you had the network to to build that to be able to to make that as as successful as it is. Man, what a great question to uh, to kick this off here right now is the the combine was an interesting thing because so for me I, I wanted to be a sports agent. Okay, that that was what I initially wanted to be, and then when I took the job with the Lakers, it was awesome. I was having a great time, but I knew I needed to figure out a way to differentiate myself from every other kid who wanted to be a sports agent. And so I had this idea that what if I could create an event where I would get to work with a ton of agents, I'd get to call a bunch, I'd get to know a bunch, and eventually see what types of agents I wanted to work with, and hopefully create an event so spectacular that agents would want to recruit me to work for their agency. And this would also give me a chance to build relationships with NBA execs, to build relationships with the national basketball media. And so I created a secondary combine. Now, here's the thing. We talked about networking and we talked about, you know, how this has played a big role for me. And when I started the combine and I had this idea, I had a small network. I didn't have 25 years of experience um, like some of these people. And I couldn't call all the GMs, call all the agents and be like, hey, you need to be here. We got this going on. And they're like, okay, cool. You have 25 years. We know you're credible. We know you're legit. We'll send somebody out there. No, I didn't even have 25 years of life experience at that point. I was 24 years old. And so <laughs> I, had to, I had to say, if I'm going to build this thing, what is the fastest way that I can get the results I'm looking for? Because I had a timeline. The, the, I had put my money up front and it, there was a date that this was happening and it wasn't going to change. So I realized that the only way I was going to be able to make this work is if I was able to connect the dots between all the different parties that needed to be involved. So once I realized that, I made a list of literally every single NBA agent that was uh, filed with the NBA, uh, NBA directory, okay? I made a list of every single NBA front office and found every single email phone number that I could possibly get my hands on. I started picking and choosing like different email formats. If I couldn't find it, I got creative. I made an entire list. I made a list of every single national basketball media outlet that I wanted to get in touch with that I thought would be great for our coverage. Then we made a list of all the potential prospects that we thought could fit into our mold that we would want to recruit. So that way we could go directly to them, directly to their agent um, if we were trying to go and utilize different doors. Okay. So, so once okay. I started doing that though, I started building these relationships. I started getting agents slamming the door on my face. I started getting uh, NBA executives to ask me, well, what players are coming or interested, but we don't really know you. What players do you have coming? And then I'd be like, oh, well, we have these players that are interested, but we haven't had anyone confirm yet. And then I'd relay to the agents and the agents would say, well, you know, Jake, uh, finally, after your third call, we'll, we'll answer and we're interested, but what teams are going to be there? And so I had all these issues. And what, what was the key factor that bridged the gap and enabled us to have a successful first year was once people, once we got a couple people, the domino started to fall and people started to introduce me to other people which I started to be able to borrow their credibility and their relationships to be able to create something that was so valuable for everybody that everybody got a win out of the, out of the event. And when it, when it came to it, we ended up having 23 players our first year. Nine of those guys ended up signing prestigious two-way contracts, um, which is like a 10X return on the normal uh, G League salary. We even had the G League Rookie of the Year. We had over half the NBA attendance. We had some of the top national basketball media post about it and highlight the event. And it was an incredible way, but nothing would have happened if we didn't build the network, get clear on who our audience was, get very clear on the result that we were providing, and then go directly after those people rather than being distracted by all of the different ideas that could make this great. We got really laser focused in onto solving a singular problem, focusing on a core audience and building out that way through a network. So that to me, that that's a phenomenal story. I think it's great. It's also a very happy path. What was? Tell me about a moment or two while you were trying to put that together that you thought it was going to be insurmountable. And what are you doing? And why why even go here? Maybe even thought about uh, quitting on the idea. Oh man! So quitting was never an option. That was that was never on the, on the cards for me. But and was that that's not to say vested? there wasn't doubts, right? Is that because you were vested yeah. with money up front. I was vested with money, but I was more vested on that. I'm going to give this a shot and I'm going to go till the end. And no matter what happens, I'm going to say, at least I tried. 
because I knew if I, if I stopped, I might've stopped too early. And that's what would have happened if I would have stopped when I had my doubts, because all of the momentum came in the last month and a half before the event. That's the craziest part. And that was partially because of the ecosystem and learning the industry and really learning timelines and dates. And, and when people make decisions, it was learning all about the customers, right? Which is super important. Um, but there was a moment now I'll, 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 I remember it so vividly and I was laughing at you were bringing this up. So I was like, Oh my gosh, this, I know this moment way too well. And it was when I started calling these NBA agents, here I am young kid trying to change the game of basketball. I have this unbelievable idea in my mind, right? Um, people have, some people have said that it was a great idea. And so I start picking up the phone and calling these agents, the amount of agents that would answer and say, Jake, you suck. This event's never going to work. Jake, this event, if it could have happened, it would have happened. Jake, nobody's going to come to this event. Jake, this is never going to work. The amount of people that said that to me when we were first getting this started was unbelievable. And on one hand, I was like, damn, maybe, maybe they're right. Like they have the experience. Why isn't someone already doing this? Why hasn't it been done? But then on the other hand, it fueled me to take their doubt and to take their, their nonsensical belief in, in me, they don't know me, but it made me turn that into the fuel that ignited my fire to keep on going. Because instead of saying, okay, maybe you're right, it was, what can I learn from them? And how can I now beat them, right? How can I now take it to the next level to make sure we do succeed? And something that as I look back on now, it's such a key principle in business that I don't need everybody to like me. I don't need everybody to want to be a customer. I don't need everybody to love my idea. What I do need is the right people to love me, the right people to love my idea. And that's when we find your true fans, your true customers, the people that you can provide the greatest results for. And that's exactly what we ended up doing was the people that believed in us early. We believed in them and we put everything we could into making it the most successful. But there were times, man, I'll tell you, when these agents were telling me, no, 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 this will never work. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, can I pull this thing off? So you, you just triggered one of my favorite quotes from movies, right? Greatest Showman, where he says, you don't need the whole world to love you, just a few key people, right? That's yeah. one of the best quotes out of the whole movie. But, <laughs> um, but, but beyond that, you know, I don't know if you've read Think and Grow Rich or, or you've, you've gone through that book. But uh -huh. one of the key things that I've seen in entrepreneurs that have pulled off events like yours or that, you know, especially when everybody says it can't happen, is, is the part of the book where they say you, you literally have to cut all ties and burn the bridge behind you so that there is no opportunity to retreat, right? You kind of, you're going for it. You got to get it done. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But if you have that opportunity to retreat, then you're not going to follow through, right? That, that's, that's that, that opportunity to quit. Um, and I, I would say in my business, in the consulting business, you know, I, I, I was running a consulting firm that uh, uh, our owner bankrupted. And mm. I had maybe one payroll in the bank account savings when I started my firm. That was it. So there, there wasn't a chance it couldn't succeed, if that makes sense. Like it, it had to work. We had to go. And I think that's, um, the key. So the reason why I love to ask those types of questions, though, Jay, you, a lot of people out there listening to this podcast right now um, who are going through struggles, nobody, I guarantee nobody um, said, you know, I wonder if, if the, the whole world will shut down while I'm trying to start this business, right? There's nobody that saw that coming. So uh, we got about a minute and a half, two minutes before break. What is, what is that one quote or that one thing that you pulled out of that experience to give them hope that they should keep chugging. Man, I'll, I'll tell you that the quote, the, there's something that, that really resonates here and it, and it was, it's from my dad. And it's because we all want the fastest way to success, right? We, we see people and we think of it as an overnight success. We tend to, to, to forget that people put in years of work, people put in tons of time, people had great breaks. They put themselves for an opportunity to succeed. Well, my dad told me once that the only shortcut in life is to start now. And knowing oh, that, wow. knowing that it is always about the next action. Okay. It's always about taking that first step and then being consistent and repeating it over and over again in the direction you want to go. And that is the game changer when it comes to starting something new. 
I'll tell you, Jake, that that right there is is something that we're just going to have to to let stand and let hold while we go on break. But that's probably one of the best ways I think I've ever heard that presented uh, in terms Mm. of because everything John Maxwell says, everything in life worthwhile is uphill. Right. But a lot of us have downhill habits, which means if it's worth it, you got to work for it. Right. But mm-hmm. uh, I've never heard it so succinctly, but I probably will steal that from your dad, just full disclosure from this point forward. So, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We'll get him on the podcast after, sometime. I was going to say, after the third time, I'm going to go, you know, I was thinking. The <laughs> first time, I'll attribute it to your dad. From then on, I'm just going to outright steal it from me. So, <laughs> Listen, we're going to go ahead and take a break right here, and we'll be right back with Jake Kelfrey. Listen to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. At the Work-Life Balance, we like to ask simple questions to our executives and portfolio managers. Are you picking your projects based on what the organization can spend, or is it based on what your resources can realistically achieve? This question, if not answered properly, can cause great strain on your staff, limiting the return on investment. When creating project selection criteria, does your organization attempt to understand the amount of resources needed to complete the work? Is this done in spreadsheets or at a high level? What if we told you there was a simple and easy solution that was built with resource planning in mind? We call it Resource First from PDWare. Resource First was built with resource planning as its foundation. We have years of experience that proves before a company fine-tunes its project and portfolio management processes. Without a process for resource planning, the best processes and algorithms can fall flat. Resources should be first when deciding the strategy of taking an organization forward. Find out more at PD. PDWare.com. Put your people first with Resource First from PDWare. Join us at PDWare.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. We're visiting with best-selling author of Elevate Beyond and Elevate Your Network, Jake Kelper. So, Jake, you know... We were going to be talking about connection, but we, we started to get onto this um, topic of really um, just game-changing moments is the best way to say it, especially if we're using sports analogies. Is there another game-changing moment in, in building your career that um, you can share with the audience? Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's been a lot of game cha- game-changing moments. I think that's one of the beautiful things about the journey of life. There are always going to be game-changing moments, and it's, and it's what you do when you have those moments. Uh, AK, it's what you do if you start now that will dictate what happens next for you. And I'm going to throw it back here to when I was working for the Lakers, you know, and I'm working for Lakers and my job for the Lakers, when I was there, I was a corporate partnerships assistant. So literally my job on game days was, and in my opinion, one of the coolest things, I got to pick all the contestants for the half court shot, the halftime contest, the, the meet and greets, anything that was a sponsored element of a game, um, the skills challenge, I got to pick those contestants. So there was one game in particular where I, I had picked my contestants and I was going down to the, the event level, which is where you walk out through the tunnel to go onto the court to do the contest. And we had our, our, our elevator that, that I normally used and I got in the elevator. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm excited. This is going to be awesome. I'll go meet my, my contestants. It's going to be great. Now, when I get in this elevator, okay, the doors are about to close just like any elevator door. But at the last second, I see a hand jump right in and the doors start to open. And I'm like, oh my gosh, come on. I'm, under, I'm in a rush. I'm in a rush. And the person that walks in was none other 
than Jerry West. Okay. And if, and if, if anyone's listening and doesn't know who Jerry West is, Jerry West is the NBA logo. Okay. He's the guy, the NBA That's modeled right. the logo after. He is a living legend, a Lakers icon, a hall of fame. Player. I mean, he is the man, right? And I had pictures of him in my, in my house growing up. Cause we had a room called the Lakers room. It's awesome. And so Jerry West is in there. Now here's Jerry West and here's me, 22 year old assistant. And my heart is pounding. Now, the person working the elevator, he looks at Jerry, has no clue who he is. And he says, excuse me, sir, what floor would you like to go to? And Jerry looks at him and, of course, says the event level. He's got his courtside seats. I mean, come on, right? He's Jerry West. The person working the elevator, he, he looks at Jerry and he goes, well, do you have a credential? Um, because if not, I'm going to have to ask you to step off the elevator because pointing at me, this young man needs to get down there. He's got work to do. And I'm like, no way is this about to happen. And all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, Jerry looks at him and like very politely says, no, um, sorry, I don't have a credential. And the person working the elevator says, well, excuse me, then I'm going to have to ask you to step off. And I was like, no, this can't, this is not happening. This guy has no idea who he's about to ask to step off the elevator. But Jerry, you know, like the great guy he is, he's about to step off. And in that moment, I go, wait, wait, wait. He's with me, pointing at Jerry. He's my guest. I'll escort him down. And the person working the elevator, the person working the elevator, he looks at me and he says, are you sure? Kind of like, why wouldn't you have said hi to this person already? Or why wouldn't you have already like mentioned that he was my guest? And I, I kind of look at Jerry waiting for that nod of approval. Jerry gives me the nod of approval. So I turn right back at the person working the elevator and I give him the exact same nod of approval. And I say, yep, he's with me. And now Rick, the next 14 <laughs> seconds, greatest 14 seconds in an elevator ride I've ever had. We get out of the elevator door, and in my mind, I'm starting to panic. Is he going to be pissed that the person didn't know who he was? Is he going to be pissed that I stood up for him? Is he going to be, what is he going to be thinking right when we get off the elevator? And as we get off, we both start walking, and we're about to separate and go our separate ways. And right before we do that, he sticks out his hand, he shakes my hand, and he says, thank you. I really appreciate what you just did for me. And it was in that moment that I realized one of the most fundamental truths about us as human beings. People are people. It doesn't matter how rich we are. It doesn't matter what our status is. It doesn't matter what our beliefs are. It doesn't matter what job we have. It doesn't matter how much money we have. The only thing matters is that we are human beings and we are all people. And Jerry taught me something very, very valuable is that we can all, with our words and our actions, change the course of someone's life, even without knowing it. Because that moment, put me on a trajectory that I always wanted to give what I call the feeling of elevation. Okay. I always want to let people know that they're loved, they're heard, they're valued, they're going to be complimented and that they belong and that they matter in this life. And Jerry gave me that moment there. And that was what triggered me to end up writing my first book. That's what triggered me every day since then to always make sure I leave people better than I found them to always make sure that I ask people, how are they? And I listen to their answer rather than just walking in the other direction before they've even been able to say, I'm doing good, right? That is a game-changing moment that has forever impacted my life. And now I try to give that same feeling to someone else to let them know that their actions matter, that they are heard, that they are valued, and that they are loved. And, and I love that story. I love that story. And let's let's ride that for just a second because I had a, a experience somewhat similar. But um, as as a John Maxwell team member, you know, one of the things that he talks about all the time is just humility. I'm John. I'm your friend. Yep. And he actually did a speech about celebrity. And and I've been blessed enough to to come up in the entertainment world and, and know a lot of people as well. Uh, I'm sure you know the caliber that the same people you run with. And I don't know, if, you know, if you experience what I do, but there's a certain friend of mine that we can't walk down the street without, you know, 500 selfies and, um, you know, people want the autograph. But when they when they approach the celebrity, it's more about getting the selfie with the celebrity than it is the celebrity as a person. You know, like mm-hmm. Jerry West, right? How many times does he just get selfies and all that? And that if you serve that person as a human being, that that you know, moves it forward. So I was literally, we just heard that as a speech. I was in Orlando, Florida. I'm flying home with a guy um, who was at that same speech. And we see Lou Holtz um, at the airport. 
And he was like, I'm going to go get my picture of Lou Holtz. And I was like, dude, did you not just hear you know, what he had just said? And so Lou was looking agitated. And I just went up to him and I said, sir, how can I help you? And he goes, son, I just want to get a Diet Coke and go to my gate. I said, perfect. And I said, you just stand over there. I'll go get your Diet Coke and I'll, I'll escort you to the gate. So it looks like you're talking to somebody. Nobody can you know, bother you. And he was like, absolutely. And we walked in silence, and then he started asking me questions. I told him I just came from Maxwell event. He's a huge Maxwell fan. Um, they're buddies. And um, at the end, as I'm walking away, he goes, hey, son. I said, yes, sir. Do you want a picture real quick? And I was like, well, sure, if you're asking. But the point being of that story and your story of, of Mr. West is that celebrities are people as well. But if you serve anybody, if you serve people, that it's going to come back to you tenfold. And I'm sure you've got you know several stories of that of, of just especially around the combine and again some of the caliber of athletes that you've been able to serve. What's it been like um, you know post combine where maybe they they got an extra contract or an extra break because they were at your combine? What are some of those stories? Oh man, those stories those stories are endless. I mean, the cool thing about our event is that we're able to bring in people from wherever. So we literally were, we brought in a D2 guy that people were like, what the heck are you doing bringing in a, two, a D2 guy? We only had 24 spots and we were giving one to a D2 guy. And we bring in this D2 guy and he wows everybody and has been in the G League um, for the last couple of years now because of that. And that's, you know, an incredible moment. Um, you know, similar to, to your story, we had Jello Ball, Langelo Ball at our event on the year that he was entering the draft and he was there and his dad was there. And literally within seconds, the entire campus and people from around were swarming around where we were and everybody just wanted a picture and, and we were laughing about it and, and talking about it. But it's all about giving people a chance to, to be able to perform their best, right? We want to help other people achieve their greatness. And sometimes that's in the form of getting someone a Diet Coke and walking with them. Sometimes that's in the form of giving them an opportunity they would have never had if it wasn't for you. Sometimes that's in the sense of following up with someone three times because you know how busy they are, but you're going to be very respectful about how you do that so that you're not an annoying prick that just keeps thinking only about yourself, right? And so there have been so many times in, in this journey where um, it's about being aware, being self-aware, being aware of the surroundings and being aware of who that person is and, and what can you do to make that situation better. But there have been a ton of times with our athletes and with our players um, that we've been able to follow along with their journey and support them continuously. So I want to bring you back to elevate your network for a second. And one of the greatest things about writing a book is, is that's absolutely the best that you have at the moment, right? When you finish that book, the amount of work that goes into it, um, the amount of effort, and it, it literally is the best that you have at the moment, right? But you, you then continue to grow, and you continue to learn, you continue to aspire. And so what's one thing that you wished you would have put in the book had you had a chance to go back and do it right now? Oh, I love this question um, because it's, it's such a good point. When you write a book, it's the best of what you got at that moment. And um, that's incredible. That's really incredible. But here's, here's what, what I'd say is that um, there's, there's something that I would add is that a lot of times, especially with new business owners, entrepreneurs, people who are trying to start something or even get to the next level. When we're at the beginning, we often feel that we have nothing of value to add to someone who is more established than us. We often think that because they're more established, what can we do to serve them? Right? We don't, have the experience. That's why we're trying to learn from them. We're trying to get them. We're trying to have them be a partner with us. We're trying to get an interview with them on our podcast, whatever it may be. And what I'd say is that we always have something of value to offer someone. It just takes a little search to find it. Now, you may be able to do that in the form of something as basic as what we call fun fact frenzy. All right. Fun fact frenzy is where you go to someone's profile and you find an immediate commonality. What that does, what that does, and this could be you went to the same college, you wear the same type of clothes, you have the same amount of kids, you went on the same type of vacation, you, you are a fan of the alumni they went to, whatever it is, right? And you're able to find that way and use that into your outreach, okay? There's that. There is other ways to add value by inviting someone to be on your podcast and let them know that you're going to share their audience. 
to take it one step further that you're going to put paid dollars behind their interview because you want to help them spread their message. If you want to add value to someone, buy their product. Show them that you're committed. Everybody loves meeting their customers and their people that, that are invested beyond just saying I'm invested. If it's a smaller person that you really want to get in front of, but you haven't had a great chance of it yet, add value by commenting on their post. Everybody wants more engagement, right? Think about what you would want someone to do that would make you feel really good and then find ways to do that for that other person. And that's one of the big things that I would have added is how we can add value even when you're just starting or even when you think you have nothing to add. Yeah, what's interesting about what you said about the fun fact frenzy is is that's actually supported by research in a book called Influence, the Science yep. and Practice of Persuasion that Dr. Cialdini did, which is, you know, a common reason is liking, and if you can find common ground, um, then that starts to build that no like or trust cycle that, that then starts to bring people, you know, to, to purchase and, and, and buy from you. So um, I love that, uh, I love that uh, uh, suggestion for the audience. Um, so we're going to take our final break right here. We're going to be right back with our final segment, visiting with Jake Kelfer. You're listening to Rick Morris and the Work-Life Balance. Are you aware that 80% of project management executives do not know how their projects align with their company's business strategy? Are you aware that businesses identified capturing time and costs against projects as their biggest project management challenge? Are you aware that 44% of project managers use no software, even though PricewaterhouseCoopers found that the use of commercially available project management software increases performance and satisfaction? Now, imagine that you could have the ease of entry like a spreadsheet and a software tool set up and running within two to four weeks. Imagine within two weeks being able to see clearly where all of your resource conflicts are. Well, you don't have to imagine because PDWare has already created it. PDWare can give you real-time access to KPIs, easily updated views of what your teams are working on, and immediate feedback to some of project management's toughest questions, like, when can we start this project? What happens if we delay this project? Can we do this in time? How does this new project impact our current portfolio? Find us at pdware.com and imagine not manually compiling endless reports again. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end -end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back on the Work-Life Balance this Friday afternoon for our final segment. Before we get right back to uh, Jake here, do want to make an announcement of an album release. Uh, you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you get your digital music, but it's called Why? Because it's Christmas. And it's actually, uh, I think it's 14 of, of the original new Mickey Mouse Club members uh, came together, built a Christmas album for charity. It goes to Music Cares, uh, which helps struggling artists during the, the COVID crisis. It goes to Give Kids the World, which helps um, critically ill children get a vacation of a lifetime, uh, completely cost-free to them. It also goes to Cast Member Pantry to, to help these Disney cast members uh, that have been furloughed during the COVID as well. So it's something that's near and dear to the Musketeers, something they did during COVID, and you can find that right now on all of your digital platforms. So coming back to Jake, um, so Jake, how do people find you? How do they buy your books? Yeah, the best way, uh, I spend a lot of my time on uh, Instagram, at Jake Kelfer. That's the best way. You can go there and actually get a free copy of my book, just uh, cover a small shipping fee. But uh, for anyone that's listening, head over there, grab a copy at the link in my bio, and uh, we'll get it out to you. 
I'm also on LinkedIn at Jake Kelfer and my website's jakekelfer.com. Outstanding. So we ask every guest in this segment, what's some of the best advice you've ever received? Well, I gave and some now, of my best advice earlier with, with me, my yeah. dad's quote, but, um, but, yeah, but we're one of my, deep. yeah, 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 of course. Um, one of the, one of the other best pieces of advice that I've received, um, my mom, she always used to send me a text before basketball. Now, as you guys can probably tell, I'm, I, I talk fast. My energy is super high. I'm always go, go, go. And I've always been very excited about the future. Well, my mom noticed that sometimes I wasn't enjoying the present moment as much. And so she sent me a text very often that would say, live in the moment and enjoy the journey. And what I've come to realize is that it is our responsibility to pursue however we define success. It is our job to pursue that relentlessly while at the same time, enjoy the journey of greatness. And when you can enjoy the process in the pursuit, that's when you reach true happiness that's when you start to find things that you didn't know existed. That's when you start to appreciate the people and the experiences as they happen. And that's when you really can start to make great headway on all the actions that you take each and every day. And so what's a question that, that maybe I missed or didn't get an opportunity to ask, or you wish I would have asked here's your chance to kind of for, for a final talk to the audience. Final question is, is what I got going on this, this weekend, man. Um, we got a good weekend plan. We got, we got Coors Lights after this. <laughs> we got opportunity to have some fun with people. Um, but I think, I think really um, without going into like the, the fun stuff, I think one of the questions that, that I always love, love being able to tell people um, or that I like when, when people ask me is, what do I do when I want to start, but I have that fear of getting started? Um, and I know we, it's, it's kind of along that theme of a lot of what we talked about, and um, I'm happy to answer it if we want to, uh, to dive into it. Absolutely. Go for it. So when we have this, this fear of getting started, one of the biggest reasons why we don't reach out to people, even though we know we should, one of the reasons why we never start that side hustle, one of the reasons why we never scale our businesses is because we're feared that we're going to fail or scared that we are going to get rejected. We're scared that we're not going to be good enough when we actually do the thing we set out to do. And so what I always like to tell people is that you are not alone in that feeling. Every single person has had doubts, has had worries, has had insecurities at some point. The big difference is when you have those is not that you hide away from them. It's that you acknowledge them and continue to go because you know there's something greater on the other side. And that is, I guess, a good piece of, of parting wisdom as well, but it's something that can, can really help people get started um, and, and keep going even when they have that fear pop up in their mind or that doubt of, can I actually do this? Will I actually succeed? Will they want to talk with me? Can I actually make money selling these services? Can I actually charge this much? Acknowledging that those exist and then continuing to reframe it and move forward is an amazing, amazing uh, mindset shift for everyone. Listen, that's fantastic. So we got a little bit of time left here. You you were alluding to some fun stuff that's coming up this weekend. Go go ahead and take a couple of minutes and share. Yeah. So I mean, COVID fun stuff, of course. But um, I got I'm going to uh, see my family uh, for the second time in, in the last couple of months, which is very exciting. Short drive, um, which I'm excited about. I got a couple speeches that I'm going to be doing, which is great. We got a, a new training that we're, we're debuting to an exclusive group on, on how to get booked on seven podcasts in seven days. So lots of great developments. And then also it's just going to be a great, uh, a great relaxing weekend. Got some shows that I've been waiting to watch and uh, it's going to be completely full. So I'm excited about it. Which shows? There's this show that I just, I'll say I just finished it, but I may even have to rewatch it. It's called Ted Lasso. Um, with, I think with Jason Zadakis, it's absolutely oh, yeah. fantastic on Apple TV. Highly recommend it. Um, especially since we've talked a lot about sports, but then another show that, um, two other shows that I'm going to be watching are flight attendant, which is an HBO show. Um, that's very, very interesting. Uh, and it's, and it's new. And then 
the other show, which is a classic, but I've never actually watched it all the way through, is Friends. So I've been binging that sporadically over the last couple of months, and uh, I'm very excited to see more of, more of what happens there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, we, we certainly appreciate you coming on to the show and sharing your experience with us and your energy, and we'd love to have you back. Amazing. No, I appreciate, I appreciate you with your great questions. I appreciate everyone who took the time to listen and, and uh, spend some time with us today. Absolutely. So, gang, next week we've got uh, Trevor Newberry is going to be joining us. I actually was on Trevor's uh, podcast and, and got him. He, interesting thing about COVID and podcasting and everything else is he literally lives down the road from me. And uh, we didn't know each other and, and got to meet. And, and I did an episode of his podcast, and now he's uh, going to come on and join ours. Fascinating guy. Uh, so we'll have him next week. As always, we hope that everyone lives their own work-life balance. We appreciate you coming along with this episode. You can always find me on LinkedIn at Rick A. Morris, at Twitter at Rick A. Morris, Facebook is Rick A. Morris as well. And go check out uh, MilestoneMelodies.com. If you have a, especially in the gift-giving season, you have somebody really special and you want to give them a gift that truly becomes a legacy, check out MilestoneMelodies.com. They actually make custom music uh, that uses your lyrics that's professionally written by songwriters out of Nashville with with uh, studio musicians. Uh, it's truly a produced masterpiece that's something that you'll want to listen to over and over. So you can find that at MilestoneMelodies.com. Until next week, we will talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Business news and discussions are always changing. In order to stay ahead of the game, sometimes you need to be a follower. You can follow.